How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Welcome back. You're listening in to the overnight crowd right across the country on the SEN network. Damien Watson in the chair once again. You can text in any thoughts that you may have. 0433981116. Time now to chat all things cricket. I guess there's a bit of a quieter front on the world cricket sphere at the moment, but there is a little bit happening in the IPL and, of course, some news items, sad news items as well, and maybe some more promising news items on certain fronts in regards to what we're about to speak of and welcoming in Andrew Menzel now from the award-winning Cricket Unfiltered podcast. How are you, Menas? Thanks for joining us again. Yeah, I'm doing well, Damien. It is quiet on the cricket front, but I still found myself watching a bit of county cricket on the weekend. Yes. Somerset v Essex was a bit of a thriller. Peter Siddle was playing for Somerset Somerset, and Mark Steckity for Essex. So uh, still got a little bit of a cricket fix. And fair enough, too. Just in regards to the county season itself, has it been well received in England? Off the back of the 100 last year, I think that reignited a bit of enthusiasm within cricket in general in that in the UK. Has there been a bit of an uptick because of that in the new season, even to the more traditional formats? Well, the county cricket started, so it's always a, a bit quiet to get going in England because, you know, it's a bit cold still over there. The EPL still on. Difficult. Exactly, and the, the pitches are a bit difficult to bat on. But I did see Marcus Harris scored 100 for Australia and Marnus Labuschagne was taking wickets bowling seam up. So that gives you an idea of um, the bowler-friendly conditions if Marcus uh, Marnus Labuschagne is getting wickets with his seamers. That's exactly right. Now, other news coming out of the UK in recent times. Sad news, but taking a more promising turn. Former Australian cricketer Ryan Campbell has woken from an induced coma following a heart attack. Amazing, isn't it? The guy is as fit as a fiddle, 50 years of age, and he goes down with a heart attack. Fortunately, though, he's managed to survive, at least for the moment. Yeah, really sad news. And, uh, yeah, as you say, it's good that he's um, out of that induced coma. And, yeah, look, 50 years old, he's coaching the Netherlands at the moment, the, their national cricket team. So you think he's pretty fit and... You know, if, if if anything, over the last couple of months with Shane Warne and yeah. Rod Marsh, I think it's a bit of a wake-up call to men um, to get their hearts checked. That's right, and quite amazing, isn't it? He was just playing with his kids in the playground virtually, and you just wonder how traumatic it would have been for the children as well. Um, it's just absolutely unbelievable. When you look back on Ryan Campbell's career too, and a lot of people have reflected on his career, and the probably the one thing that comes to mind for a lot of people out there is that he was probably one of the first inventors of the scoop or the ramp shot, which he implemented. I remember a game for Australia A against Sri Lanka, a one-day game at the Gabba back in late 2002. I remember watching it as a kid and being mesmerised by it. Uh, That's one memory that stands out for me, along with his shield and one-day domestic form as well. Yeah, that's right. He he pretty much pioneered the scoop shot. Um, It became the dill scoop because of Tilikarat and the Dilshan, but... Um, Ryan Campbell got there years ago, so he was an innovator, and uh, he was he was a dashing batter at the top of the order. So, um, yeah, hopefully he'll get over this and get back to be able to coaching the, the national, um, the Dutch national team. When you look back at his career as well at WA, do you think he was a little bit stiff not representing Australia 
as often as he could have. He played, I think, uh, he played actually for the national side in that 0203 summer. He played, I remember, one day against Sri Lanka. It might have been at the Wacker, actually, for Australia during that period uh, in 2002. And it was effectively, I think he played a couple of one days against New Zealand as well here in Australia uh, back in early 2002. Remember the 0102 summer when Australia played New Zealand and South Africa in the triangular tournament and he also played a T20 international funnily enough a couple of them for Hong Kong so he's, he's represented a couple of countries yeah uh, he was just one of those players that um, you know played in such a strong era of Australian cricket where it was really hard to break into the national side but yeah it was a sort of it was really still while the the one day and the test sides weren't too different. They weren't really picking specialists. And I think now we'd probably have more of a chance because, you know, they would take a pun on it and a dasher at the top of the order. That's right. He was a good keeper as well back in the day for WA. And you're right. He was just unfortunately part of that very strong era. And he wasn't the only one at shield level. who just couldn't break into that side, the Australian side, despite scoring a lot of runs. So that's where it comes up for me. And uh, ultimately in terms of his coaching abilities as well, uh, as you said, coaching the Netherlands, and that's going to be fantastic. He was an advisor to the Hong Kong team. Uh, he took over, I think, from Chris Adams, actually, for the Dutch national team back in early 2017. So he's a Dutch citizen, technically, too. He's done a bit of uh, media work as well. I think he was on Perth Radio back in the day. He did a bit of coverage for Channel 10's broadcast of the IPL. So he's not too bad behind the camera and in front of the microphone as well. Yeah, no, you're right. And um, look, I think he's doing well with the Dutch side. They've shown a bit of progress. So he's, he's an accomplished coach. And as I said, I just hope we see him getting back back um, as fit as, as, as soon as possible. All right, let's turn our attention to the IPL betters. We're speaking with Andrew Medzel from the award-winning Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Mitch Marsh has been admitted to hospital after returning a positive COVID-19 test. And obviously, they're closely monitoring his condition. So... I suppose it's inevitable that these sorts of things are going to happen. It just amazes me, actually, when we had the Women's World Cup. Wasn't Ash Gardner the only one for the entire tournament that tested positive from memory? Yeah, that's right. They managed to get through that tournament pretty unscathed. Um, but the IPL, there's a few cases cropping up, and it is concerning about Mitch Marsh, and he does have some kind of IPL curse. He, I think two years ago in the first game, he got a foot injury and missed the rest of the IPL and now he's got COVID this time. So unfortunate, but hopefully he's getting the proper care um, and he'll be, maybe get back out there for um, in the, get, get back into action. How are the Aussies performing at the moment? I noticed uh, Marcus Stoinis had a bit of an incident there. He scored 24 off 15, actually. He was taking on Josh Hazelwood, funnily enough, uh, with the Royal Challengers Bangalore obviously prevailing in that encounter, but it was good to see a couple of Aussies clashing against each other. And Josh Hazel won the bragging rights with Royal Challengers Bangalore, defeating the Lucknow Super Giants in Mumbai. And look, Stoinis played a bit of a cameo, but Hazel was too good in terms of uh, dismissing him after bowling, but the, but the penultimate over effectively. Yeah, Josh Hazelwood's had a really good start to the IPL. He's, I think, taken eight wickets at an average of about 10 and a runs per over of about seven runs and over. So he's doing really well. He's 
He's turned himself into a great T20 bowler. Uh, David Warner started the IPL well for the Delhi Capitals. He's scored two half centuries out of three innings, so he's in good form. Uh, Glenn Maxwell for the Royal Challengers Bangalore is playing pretty well. He hasn't made a big score yet, but he does look in good form, and I think he'll come good. And uh, Matthew Wade's not doing so well. He was opening the batting for the Gujarat Titans, but then he was left out of their latest game. Um, maybe he'll be able to force his way back into that side. The Aussies have just got there after the Pakistan series, so um, they're just starting to get into it. But Josh Hazelwood probably the, the standout player, four wickets last night, and uh, he's he's a big inclusion for Royal Challengers Bangalore. And Aaron Finch hasn't been too bad either. He's playing for the Kolkata Knight Riders. They just fell short against the Rajasthan Royals in the end, but... Finch starting to regain a little bit of form, ultimately 58 off 28 deliveries, including nine fours and two sixes. Yeah, no, that's a good innings from him. And he's starting to show a bit of form after looking out of form for a while now. I think that's two half centuries in three innings if you go back to the Pakistan tour. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he can continue that form. It's really difficult for the overseas players because there's only four overseas spots in every IPL side and if you're not performing then you get dropped pretty quickly as Matthew Wade found out and they don't give you a lot of rope in the IPL because of those four spots are so coveted and they've got talent on the bench so Finch will need to continue this form. And just in other news, Robert Key, the former English cricketer who was recently part of the media covering the Australia v Pakistan Test Series, uh, he's obviously the new cricket chief for England, what have you made of that appointment? Look, I don't know the ins and outs of of Rob Key and his experience intimately, but I think it's strange that they haven't appointed someone with administration experience. This is such an important job, and I know Rob Key was a former player and has been in the media, but he has no real administration experience, so it's a, it's a bit of a gamble. I hope it pays off. He loves cricket, Rob Key, and he's, he's good in the media. I think he's a student. He knows the game inside out. But it's a different thing being an administrator and having to run the game and um, be aware of all the implications of every finances. decision. So I'm sceptical. The finances as well. So it is interesting. Mm. Maybe they'll employ a couple of people to help him on those fronts in particular. But, yeah, uh, that's an interesting appointment and also an interesting opinion. Also, Joe Root, uh, in regards to, I suppose, the fallout of the ashes and the poor performances of England in general. Um, it's interesting, Stuart Broad said recently, uh, I mean, Joe Root obviously resigning as England captain would have been a difficult decision for him. And Broad obviously saying he needs to win his test spot back as well after being considered as Joe Root's successor. What are your thoughts, firstly, of Joe Root resigning as an England ca- as an England captain? It's obviously a big decision because it's such a privileged position. Yeah, I think it was inevitable that he had to go. The team had been performing so poorly over the last probably two years in particular and was showing no signs of improvement. So it just got too much for him. It's so hard being his cricket captain. There's so much scrutiny. And if you're losing like they were, um, then, yeah, it was inevitable that he had to resign. And now they just have to find a decent replacement. And, and the problem is they don't have many options because they don't have a set sort of test 11 a lot of the spots are in doubt so you know the probably obvious replacement is Ben Stokes what do you think about that do you think Ben Stokes could do it I think he can although there's still that reputation stigma that he has would, would you agree I mean is there a sense that 
he's a bit of a larrikin type. He's a flamboyant personality. Do you think there's still a little bit of a stigma given how traditional English cricket is? Well, I think there's a few factors. I think traditionally all-rounders haven't done well for England cricket as captains. If you look at Ian Botham or Andrew Flintoff, they haven't had flamboyant. Yeah, similar players to Stokes. And, and then there's the incident in Bristol, and that will come back to haunt Stokes because if you're just a sort of casual cricket fan in England, you know, that's one of the things you know about Ben Stokes is that incident in Bristol. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm a bit... Um, Look, he certainly the dressing room respects Stokes, and and he might be one of those captains. Yeah, exactly. He might be one of those captains that could sort of inspire and lead from the front, a bit like Steve Waugh. But uh, yeah, he's probably the main candidate. I saw yeah. Jeff Boycott suggested Stuart Broad as an option for a year or two, um, which would be interesting. With Ben Stokes, so I suppose you could draw the comparison a little bit to Ricky Ponting. Remember, Ricky Ponting was in that bar fight. I think it was at the Bar and Grill back in 1998. And obviously, there's a bit of a decent gap there. But after about five years from that incident, he became captain. And he owned up to it as well, Ricky Ponting. He handled that well in the circumstances, given that would have been a bit of a clout on his reputation. Could Stokes be of the same ilk in the sense of being a reformed, somewhat reformed character? Oh, definitely. Um, and people love a good redemption story. So th- that 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 could be the, the thing. And, the, I mean, he's, you know, he's won the World Cup and that epic uh, headingly test since then. So, look, there's no reason he can't do it. Um, but he is a fiery character. Um, and I wonder if he can just sort of keep that under control as, as Skipper. You know, he, he does get, uh, you know, quite hot, on, hot, on, hot under the collar when he's bowling and, um, you know, he, he bowls, he bats, he's he's a match winner, and you're asking him to captain as well. It's going to be a lot of pressure. No doubt about that. Well, Ben, as always, enjoy chatting cricket with you, mate. Anything else that you've observed over the past week? Oh, not really, Damien, but I have to say the IPL is starting to heat up. It's, um, it's a great tournament. All the Aussies are there now, so that'll be um, some good cricket watching while the um, winter while the winter sets in. Absolutely. Take care, Ben. Thanks again for joining us. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.